Hey, listen, welcome to episode 132 of the Hey Listen Games cast. This is a special roundtable episode. My name is Jeffrey Morris. Joining me here live in person today is Rob Douglas. Wow, you went to me first instead of Nathan? I'm a little shocked. You're here. You're live. It's, it's great. It's this good to have you around the table. I feel so important. Nathan, you've been replaced. Nathan is still here, but we're not letting him talk yet. So, anyways, <laughs> on with the show. Uh, excuse me, my name is actually Jason, Nathan's twin brother who doesn't hate Super Mario Sunshine or Super Mario 64. Excuse me. Are, sorry. Oh, are you trying Forgive to backpedal? Are you backpedaling? No, no, I'm Jason. Yes, this is Nathan's oh. twin brother. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to have to, to face the facts of his uh, bold was, was statements Twitter, from Was Twitter week. particularly brutal to you this week? I, I Nathan was kicked from the show this week. So this is his alter ego. Okay, he, he was, okay, yeah, okay. He, he, he's not allowed to be here anymore. Until he recants. Um, anyways, we do have a really fun show for you guys this week. There's actually been a lot of, a lot of news that's come out, a lot of fun new game announcements um, that has uh, been announced. So let's kick things right off by talking about Steam World Quest. Uh, we kind of reported about a few shows ago. Um, this is a new RPG uh, by Image and Forum set in the Steam World uh, world. <laughs> And uh, it's basically an RPG game. Uh, you do uh, use cards in the kind of turn-based battle system. Um, looks really, really cool. And then they announced it is actually coming out uh, one month from now, uh, April uh, 25th for uh, $24.99. Um, I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, but this really surprised me since it was a relatively recent announcement. I thought it was coming out more like second half of the year. Yeah, no, because they announced it in January, and I believe SteamWorld Dig 2 came out, what, September of 2017? So that was yeah. about a year and a half ago now. I, I thought it was going to be August, September, like about two years after that. That mm -hmm. would make sense. But yeah, they're getting it out here pretty quick. Um, Rob, my question for you is, have you played any of the SteamWorld games? I own all of... I own all of them, so okay. I have SteamWorld High School and 1 and 2, but I have not them. played a single one of them. Shame. So what you're saying is this will be the first game that you actually play because it's an RPG, and it's turn-based, and it's basically made for you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I, I am really excited for this one, too. Like, I'm honestly, like, the original 1 and 2 gameplay is what really made me love this series, and High School, I like I was playing it earlier today because, you know, in wake yeah. of this announcement, but... Um, do, does look really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how this one uh, turns out and how they kind of, you know, take that world that they created and all the great characters and, you know, have a new spin with RPG elements in it. The, so. the art looks really, really good on it. I'm yes. impressed how, yeah. how good that game looks. Yeah, just looking from, like, you know, the original Steam World all the way up to Steam World 2, which looked amazing and even Heist looked good, and now seeing how good this one looks, like, it's great to see that development studio really grow and the art just start to look so fantastic yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys can look, to for, look forward to that one on April 25th. Uh, but PlayStation had its first State of Play uh, video direct uh, this week. And I say video direct because, um, well, there's no way getting around it, but this was essentially Sony fully embracing the Nintendo Direct uh, style of you know inform giving information to their fans. And um, they basically announced uh, a couple new VR games, uh, new VR updates, uh, a couple other PS4 games. Um, I was pretty happy with it being a PSVR owner. You know, we hadn't really gotten any news of new VR games this year outside of a few titles. So it's good to see them continue to support uh, VR. They announced, I think, 4.5 million units sold for PSVR, which is impressive. That's impressive, Like, yeah. it's the best-selling VR, like, ever, which is Easily, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest kind of news that came out of this for me personally was No Man's Sky Beyond, um, which is the new update coming out for No Man's Sky this summer. Um 
part of that big update is going to be VR compatibility. The yeah. whole game is going like to be literally the entire game is going to be playable in VR. So this is this is obviously one of the three things that uh, Hello Games, like yeah. Sean Murray was announcing, is like there's three huge things that are coming for you guys. Yeah. One is a hint at like multiplayer of some sort, yeah, but this kinda, is the VR one. Exactly. So we already know it's going to have a big kind of online multiplayer component to it, but it's also going to have a VR component where you can literally <clears throat> just play the full game, do anything you could do in the base game in VR, which is insane to me because like all the VR experiences that I've played for the most part are very kind of like limited VR experiences, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're shorter, they, the draw distance isn't as far, you know, the, the graphical fidelity resolution, you know, is down, but I don't, I don't know how they did it, but somehow they've got it to work. It's, it's very, very surprising to me, but it makes me like finally go like, okay, <laughs> am I going to repurchase this game? And I'm at the point where, you know, if I find it on sale for, you know, under 15 bucks, I'm probably going to go for it, which I never would have thought I would say that when I when I traded that <laughs> game. When you in. traded and you're like, I'm done. I'm never coming back. Yeah. So, so you know, you know, we've talked about in the show how yeah. how you know good of a job they've done. You know, kind of continually updating this mm-hmm. game and um, just to have what you know this is going to be the biggest VR game you know ever really when it comes out on the summer and it's a free update. It's not you know pulling a Skyrim or a, you know a Doom or something making you repurchase you know a VR version of the game. This is full yeah. on full game free update. If you got VR, you can play it. Which is um, super cool. Yeah. I mean, Hello Games has been really good about all the free updates they've done. I mean, yeah. they've really earned, I think, earned a lot of their fans back. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking earlier, like, you know, how much would the narrative around Hello Games and Sean Murray and, you know, this game be if they would have launched the game like this, right? Like, with VR support, with all these great updates, with actual multiplayer. Like, yeah. you know, it would have been probably in the talks for one of the best games of the year. But, you know, with, with that poor launch they had, it's good to see them at least, you know, get it to it at this point. Yeah. I feel like it was probably just the PlayStation like money that was going by. And they're like, get it out now. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation was like, you need to yeah. get it out. And then they, ha- they had that big flood that kind of destroyed all of their equipment and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So they were not without problems and struggles, but every studio faces that. So. Yeah. Yep. But um, that that was what I think was the coolest announcement. Um, they also announced an Iron Man VR game. That's how they started kind of cool. it. And yeah. I was like, wow, this looks really... I thought it looked really, really cool because it was like... You weren't sure what it, at least as a non-crazy Marvel fan, I wasn't sure what it was at mm-hmm. first. And then they, they showed the Iron Man suit and he shot something with the, the hands and stuff like that. I was like, this looks like a really, really neat. And they said it's it's been being worked on by one of the PlayStation um, Worldwide Studio teams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't think this is going to be a long game, but I do think it's going to be substantial. Like it'll probably be yeah. three, four, five hours or something like that. It seems like it's and kind if it's that long, yeah. that would be really, really neat. It seems Instead like of like a 20 of, minute. Yeah. I mean like thing. Batman Arkham VR was yeah, that's what the same I was going to say. It was, it was like three it's kind hours. of in the same vein as Batman Arkham VR. So mm-hmm. yeah, which, you know, I hope it's a little bit longer than Batman Arkham. That I felt that was a little too short. Um, but that being said, that was a very, very polished experience. So yeah. like if this is very, very polished and is amazing, super fun and replayable, like, you know, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, we didn't see a ton of gameplay, really just kind of shooting a couple things with, yeah. you know, the Iron Man It's hands, probably still but... pretty early on in a lot of their stuff, or, yeah. you know, early enough in the development that they're not willing to put all their cards out on the yeah, table. But, yeah. I mean... They did say it's coming out in 2019. So. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, the development cycle is probably fully spun up and they're putting stuff together but what i'm saying is it's probably early enough in the process they're like we don't want to show everything yet we don't want to commit and and give it give a false sense of hope and with uh you know it's great to see this marvel and sony partnership continuing to grow right with the success of spider-man last year and now we have a iron man game coming to vr i think that's um you know really cool they even had like a 
Spider-Man Homecoming VR thing, but that was like a free free experience that was fun for like five minutes and then it was like done. So it's good to see that this seems to be more of a full game. It's not just, you know, hey, it's Iron Man, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. throw away. Like it seems to be a full game, the market. Just give me a do call you, when you I guys get, to think... get, get to be Wolverine. I was, was going to say, <laughs> Wolverine VR. do you guys think like at E3 this year, Microsoft will announce something with Marvel? Because obviously Nintendo has a... Ultimate, Mar- Alliance. Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah, I didn't Sony think about had that. Spider-Man, and now they're doing Iron Man. Microsoft hasn't had a, you know, Microsoft exclusive. Yeah, exclusive yeah Forza game. with Iron Man skins. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you already can do that. Sorry to break the yeah, You can get skins of Iron Man Forza. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um, but overall, um, I, I did I did see, you know, there, I think there's some fan expectations hoping for another big reveal or, you know, a release date for, you know, Last of Us and stuff like that. Like, this wasn't really that. This was just kind of getting the yeah. Sony state of play kind of out there and the format well, they, started. They showed, um, they showed a lot of a big new trailer and gameplay from the Concrete Unique game that they announced, I think, a year, year and a half ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. At the end, that looked that looked like uh, they gave the biggest chunk we've seen of that, and that looked pretty good, and then they said it was coming out in fall 2019. So they gave a window for for Yeah, them. and I think one of the things that the state of play that I think people are expecting so much more from Sony because it's Sony... Mm-hmm. And they're skipping E3, and you know, there's all this drama going on with Sony right now. But with the state of play, I mean, just look at how Nintendo does their Nintendo Directs. They only announce specific things. They have a very strong focus for their uh, what they announce. Like, like one, for the next, season. like one is for, they don't announce like, things two years in advance. Yeah, yeah. one Correct. of them is for like the next few months, yeah. or you know, the, during the Nintendo Direct, they might have one that's completely focused on the 3DS, which. Not anymore. Thank <laughs> not anymore. But they, yeah. you know, they had or like they, they've had those game specific ones, or yeah, it was like or like the, when it was the out, Labo. Like, they did a whole one yeah. for the Labo announcement. Like they were so focused on one product or one set of things that it makes sense that in like PlayStation they're going to do the exact same thing because that works. So there was a lot of VR focus in this one. And the, I think the, we'll the, see the, that. But are you glad this format like has been established by Sony and? Theoretically, it seems like they're going to continue yeah. with this throughout the year and probably into I, the I future. It, yeah, I think it makes sense. I think they'll still do big press conferences. Like when they announce the PS5, I'm sure they'll do yeah. a, a big press a conference. Huge one, yeah. But the, the other thing they said to me was the PS5 is definitely coming out next year because Sony's like, yeah, we're still kind of going low-key with our projects this year. Mm-hmm. And they didn't announce anything anything new, and I don't think we'll see anything new really. But they announced like a, a small... Um, well, when you're skipping E3, exactly, I mean, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that so. makes sense. But um, yeah, all right. Well, our next uh, news piece is actually a rumor, but it does come from the Wall Street Journal. Um, so you know, t- take that as you will. Um, they have been correct in the past, right? The, they, the, they have the been same correct. guy who um, kind of got some of the things right about the switch originally uh, is yeah. now reporting on this yeah. rumor. And, you know, this new report is, you know, this new rumor is saying that there will be two new Nintendo Switch models coming out and releasing this year. Um, One will be more of a cheaper alternative, you know, ditching things like HD Rumble, possibly the ability to dock or take the controllers off, stuff like that. Um, So basically a portable Switch that will be a cheaper alternative and then a more enhanced, uh, you know, Nintendo Switch Pro version that, you know, I would assume maybe have a slightly bigger screen, more battery life, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I think this rumor totally makes sense if you look at nintendo's history with all their handhelds how many different game boys and ds's and 3ds's and 2ds's have they made and they just constantly re- reiterate on their handhelds every year or two and you know we're two years into the switch's life cycle and i think having a cheaper option would help boost their sales for sure and even like nintendo stock like rose up today after <laughs> yeah. this like rumor, rumor came, came out, out. Like, yeah like yeah. the shareholders don't even know for sure if this is happening apparently but 
Um, I, th- I think it totally makes sense, and I, I think this would be a great move for Nintendo to put out this year. Well, and it would play into a, a little bit of the niche art market right now because with the portable, they you know if they go with the cheaper alternative, it's probably going to be more of a, just a portable option alone. Like it may not have the docking, it may not do some of that yeah. stuff. That I mean, the yeah. dock costs like eighty bucks on its which, own, which like, makes to buy. sense. Like, you get rid of that and some other things. With the 3DS now being being gone, yeah. So let's put out basically a handheld portable. Not, but still is 3ds. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, we'll have the 3ds still available for another year or two. You know, it's your seventy dollar, hundred dollar version yeah. if you want to get into gaming at a cheap point. But we'll have you know this other version that maybe two hundred bucks for this portable only switch yeah. that has some. Which features. so, which of these versions interests you guys more? The cheaper, rumored cheaper one, or the rumored more powerful, more expensive one? More powerful one. More powerful one. Yeah, I mean, just getting a switch that has. Just even a slightly better screen, like just removing the bezel, even just giving another a little more screen real estate, I think would be awesome. And then um, beyond that, I don't know what else really. Like they maybe would do. to have like a 1080p screen, so you could do 1080p. Oh, on yeah, the, if they had 1080p the screen then, on the go, I, yeah. would, I would be all in for that yeah. <laughs> for sure. I have to wonder if you know the more expensive kind of pro version, if it will have a little bit more. Like, what will the power be, or will it have to be more of a console? Like, yeah. will you have to do it more as a docked all the time uh, I'm, type. I'm, no I, I i i would be really surprised if they made made it like a dot like a basically like you're saying only. like a console yeah. well yeah like a box. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah that's what i'm thinking because probably you know like for me as someone who doesn't have a switch the portable cheaper that appeals to me a lot more but yeah. you guys who already have a switch the pro might appeal to you guys more because it's probably like the ps4 pro or like the xbox yeah. S. you know like these I mean, are the if, next if it, model if the it, next if bigger it does something gear. like the the ps4 pro or xbox one x where it makes the existing games like breath of the wild look already even better then it might be really hard to say no yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah, I, I, don't, I think I mean, I would, it's it's not going to be like a 4K machine. Like yeah. it, Nintendo's no, not going to invest in that. They're not going to do a 4K. But it's I'm not going to be that like... powerful, and like they're not going to give up the portability. So like, you know, that's part of why it's going to be more expensive. I think is because you're still making this portable machine, but you're making it even beefier and it's even yeah. more powerful. Yeah. But you still have to make it, you know, small and port. You can't have a giant PS4 Pro. You know. Yeah, I just wonder yeah. with the pay the the sacrifices you're gonna have to make if it's gonna have a less battery, you know, sh- a smaller battery yeah. life, or like what what what's gonna happen in order. I hope for it you doesn't to... have a shorter battery life. That would, that would I, I'm just saying, you you sacrifice to have a better yeah. Pro enhanced, better graphics. Well, that sort technology of thing, so. has come along more in That's the last true. two years too. So you know, I think we could see some improvements. But I don't know. I think it's very interesting. I think it will get a lot more people to buy switches like you know which is what their goal is right and mm-hmm. i think it might even cost people to buy a second switch right for those consumers who are looking for oh sweet i can get a more powerful switch i'm gonna go for it or hey yeah i want a second switch in my household for you know maybe another family member or something i can get this cheaper portable one you know we already have one plugged into the tv so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, i think it makes sense but um next we have a new legend of zelda game that has been announced <laughs> nathan did you have any idea this was coming <laughs> i hadn't Actually, so I was reminded, there was a rumor like three, four weeks ago or something okay. like that, that someone was like, there, it was like right after they announced the Link's Awakening remake, they're like, Nintendo will be releasing another smaller Zelda title as an eShop only title like later in the year. <laughs> and I was like, they just announced Link's Awakening. This person must yeah, be right. crazy. But then as soon as I saw this announcement, I was like, oh, this is exactly what they were yeah. talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So the cadence of Hyrule has been officially announced. This is a Crypt of the Necro Dancer game. Um, that is set in the Legend of Zelda world. And so, like, this is not like a 
oh hey they threw Link into the game as like a little Nintendo exclusive this isn't no. like oh this is DLC for the original where there's a couple little Zelda parts this is like no the developers said that they were contacted by Nintendo and they said yeah we don't want you to make this a DLC we want you to make a full on game that's set in the Zelda universe everything is Zelda um, but you guys are basically you know in charge of it yeah. and so this is an indie game but it's Zelda it's a Zelda indie game yeah. which is you know I, really I, unprecedented I did think it was interesting um Ugh, I forget his name now, but basically the guy who's in charge of third party and indie relations at Nintendo was was talking about this, and he he made the distinction that this is a crypt of the Necro Dancer game with Zelda characters versus being a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, know, yeah, with, totally. With so this is and if you if you watch the yeah. trailer, it's very obvious. This is a crypt of Necro Dancer. I thought it was just a sequel. You know, yeah. like oh, it's a second one. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the Zelda music starts, right? And you see the sprites, and you're like, those are Zelda characters. Like that's a Lionel, and that's yeah. a Boblin, and whatever. Um, but being a huge fan of the original, I am like so stoked for this. Like I was already on board for a sequel of the um, original Crypt of the Necro. And the fact right, that this yeah. is a Nintendo Switch exclusive with Zelda characters, with eighteen different remix Zelda songs, like I'm all there for this. Like the the, the pixel art looks much better than that's the first what I was one. gonna say. Like the the art style for this one is so cool, and like, like it looks like a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> like like yeah. Link to the Past, right? It's like and what the it, character models they've done for Link and Zelda, they've kind of changed them a little bit so that they have like different mm -hmm. like special abilities that fit more into the Crypt of the Necro style yeah. gameplay versus Zelda but it works and it looks really cool and, and they brought like in some a, like Breath of the Wild like inspired designs into that 2D yeah. sprites as well which is really cool to see yeah but man I, I'm so I'm I, I'm not lying I'm excited, more excited for this than the Link's Awakening remake that is, I know it's probably so heresy that, that is heresy fans, to, I mean but, it's fine but so, like I just I played the original Crypto Necro Dancer and I thought it was a really neat idea, but I just suck so bad at rhythm games and have such terrible rhythm that yeah, I couldn't yeah, keep. And my, that's the difference. I love rhythm combo games. going. So I'm like, this is a Zelda game, but it's a rhythm game that I feel like I'm gonna do really poorly. And so like, should I get it? I have a question for you guys. Are we allowed to podcast anymore? Why? Because you know Nathan, you said that Mario sixty four is not the best Mario game, and now Jeff just said he's more excited about Crypto the Necromancer game than well, Legend of Zelda. To clarify, Nathan said Mario Sunshine is the best three D Mario game. That is very different than not agreeing Mario sixty four is the best one. That is, uh, yeah, that is not okay. even comparable. To it, what it's I not said. the best three D Mario game. It's just better than. than oh wait, sorry. This is Jason. I, I have nothing. To say. <laughs> <laughs> We no, might, it, we're tiptoeing awesome. the heresy line here, guys. We might want to <laughs> pull it back. <laughs> I, I like when Nintendo experiments with the Zelda franchise. I think yeah. it's really cool. Like, you know, I've talked about before in the show how much I loved, you know, Triforce Heroes, which mm -hmm. was, you know, a very just pretty much only very multiplayer focused, yeah, very different Zelda experience. Zelda and I really, really love that game. And I think this looks awesome. It's great to see Nintendo really trust and partner an well, indie and studio with say. something think, like Zelda. I think. You know, it shows a huge amount of trust on Nintendo's part that they're going to take their most beloved. You know, Mario is the most beloved, then Zelda's right there. You know, they're kind of mm -hmm. you know neck and neck, and they're saying we're going to take this franchise, Legend of Zelda, and we're going to put it in the hands of a developer that's not Nintendo, yeah, mm -hmm. or housed in Nintendo, or an offshoot of Nintendo. This is a completely different group, and we're going to give them full rights, basically. Yeah, like that is so cool for me to see with Nintendo, and so I think this is going to be a really cool project. Yeah. I'm really excited to see this. Ooh. With, with that announcement and with our next news piece here that we're talking about, like, we're full on, like, we've embraced, like, Nintendo as, like, the king of indie games for, for like, the, you know, for consoles, at least, for the next 
probably year or two. The, like, the, I'll give the, it. The CDI curse has finally lifted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're I finally think... trusting people again 20 <laughs> years later. But, hey, you know, it took them about 25 years for them to give some, someone another shot at making a Mario movie, you know. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> true. But uh, um, our, our last big uh, news piece we want to talk about is also announced in that Nintendo Indie Direct is... A little game called Cuphead, formerly Xbox-only exclusive game, is officially launching on Nintendo Switch on April 18th. So, I mean, this is a big deal. This is an Xbox-exclusive game. Microsoft paid Microsoft, for this, this game is a, to be made. Basically, a Microsoft second-party game. They, they funded yes. this game. They funded this game, and this is an indie game that was said, oh, this is only going to be on Xbox, you know, in PC. And here we are. Microsoft went to Nintendo and said, we want to put this out on Switch. Let's make it happen. And Cuphead is now launching on Switch, and it's gonna it's gonna do phenomenally on the Switch. Yeah. So people oh, yeah. it's freaked out about this announcement. This. Like people have been wanting Cuphead on Switch ever since you know we knew about the Switch existing. So um, this is just awesome news. And they also said you know it'll be part of an update um, where they're gonna add in a bunch of new hand drawn animations and battle intros and just a bunch of really good little quality of life updates and new music, different stuff like that. Um, into the game as well, and then obviously the DLC is still coming out later this mm-hmm. year, um, and there's a physical, physical version coming out for Cuphead, and it's going to be a real physical. They said it will come with the game card. I don't know if you guys knew this, but when I was, you know, I got my Xbox right, I was looking to get Cuphead. There was a physical one. I was all excited, and then I saw that it doesn't come with anything in the case. There's no disc. It's just a digital <laughs> like, in the case. As cool as I would like to have the case, I'm not buying a physical game with no physical game. It's oh, terrible. That's it's really, really funny. funny. So it's it's gonna come out I think with when the DLC launches, a physical copy yeah, with everything which is gonna be really tempting to, to double dip on. Like I hundred percent of the game but I love it so much and I'm gonna buy the DLC anyways, so we'll, we'll, so we'll have to wait and this, see. This coming to Switch plus the fact that there's a cheaper alternative switch possibly coming later this year as well. Makes you want to get a Switch. This is pushing me. That's what you're the, saying, this right? Is Wait, isn't Cuphead over. on PC? It is, but I just, you know, I don't know. Having Cuphead on the go, so I can be frustrated everywhere I go. Sounds <laughs> really. Great. I love you, and I know exactly the type of games you like. Cuphead seems like the opposite of the game that you would want to play. The art and the music. I really. Is so it's phenomenal. the art and the music that okay. gets me. Okay. I mean. I like a challenging gameplay, but not really. <laughs> I mean, do you like fighting bosses? If you like fighting bosses, I do like fighting bosses. Then you might like Cuphead. That's most of what it is. It's a boss rush you're fighting. No, I, and I, I've watched a little bit. I of like Cuphead fighting playing. Nintendo bosses where they take three hits every time. <laughs> These bosses have usually some of them have three phases, but okay. you gotta hit them We're hundreds of times with your finger gun. G right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but. But no, it, it, these bosses are always such a joy to see because like they just, the phases are so dramatically different. Like I'm not gonna spoil them for the people who haven't seen it, but they shift so much with all the different boss fights. They're they're so much fun to play, and I, I just mm-hmm. love this game. Everything about the art, the music, the gameplay. It's it you know it's challenging obviously, but it's it's very very fair and like well designed um, in yeah. that aspect. So mm-hmm. um, great to see this come into Nintendo Switch. Um, We've been talking a while on the news, so real quickly, we're just gonna also just mention that Apple also had an event. They talked about uh, their new Google Arcade, or not Apple Google, Arcade. Apple Arcade. Wow. Google yeah. was last week yeah. on the stadium. Yeah. Whoa. Um, too many streaming services now. It's, it's all crazy. streaming, guys. Yeah. It's all streaming. Hey, they didn't. They didn't announce that um, all of these the games on the Apple Arcade you'll be able to download fully to your download fully to your phone, and you don't. You can play oh, them so you completely. Don't have you can play them completely offline. They won't have That's any nice. ads in the game or anything awesome. like that. Awesome. So, it's basically yeah. claiming to be the Netflix of video games. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and yeah. it's got that Apple money behind it, right? And mm-hmm. Google Stadia starting up. And really, I think this Apple one is 
probably tapping into a different market, but it yeah. is interesting to see Google and Apple really coming out this same time, mm -hmm. like the same year, right? Saying, hey, we have billions of people who have invested in our products and our software. Let's start pushing games to them and making more revenue that way. So we'll see see if these stick and if you know streaming and subscription services for gaming really is the future. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's interesting that all this is starting to bubble up like right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it will be a very interesting experiment. And it'll be kind of cool to see because I feel like Apple's going to do mostly mobile games. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And it'll, so, it'll be iPad or... So it'll they do have most, Apple TV. Yeah, they'll have some... I mean, they do have... And there are some games that are developed for Mac. But most uh, Apple users are on an iPhone. No one really yeah. plays games on a Mac, let's be honest. Yeah. Sorry the three people who play <laughs> Mac games. <laughs> but So it'll be interesting to see how this experiment goes with mobile games and if this is something that's a viable option for like PC or Xbox or you know, like some of those type of things. <laughs> if they do a PC, if someone does a PC subscription service, I feel bad for how much hate they'll get from the PC-centric crowd and... Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. But we're gonna segue into our main segment today uh, with kind of the idea of you know uh, Cuphead coming to Switch and really Cadence of Hyrule, you know, being this indie game that's really of a big AAA franchise. Um, we thought it'd be fun to kind of speculate and give some uh, some pitches and some ideas of what would be a fun indie game that we could you know give to a AAA studio to make you know a game from that series and uh, vice versa. You know what. Kind of like Cadence of Hyrule, what would be a good, you know, big IP, AAA game series that you would love to see an indie developer um, take on? Um, so, Nathan, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, so, I will kick us off with um, what would it be a big IP that I would want to see an indie studio do? Yeah. And that would be Animal Crossing. It would be to Concerned Ape, who is the developer of Stardew Valley. Of and course. <laughs> Your two favorite games of all time. There you go. Dude. They, it would be so cool to see... Uh, kind of kind of his take on what that would be and hopefully he would like build up a team around him and not just work just on it himself, himself because then this game years. would never ever come out but you know considering considering that happens i think it'd be really neat to see um you know like the whole relationship aspect that like that's something animal crossing has only done is oh you can just kind of make friends and there's no real relationship yeah. meter or mm -hmm. anything like that in those games people um, leave you yeah seeing yeah people will move away if, if you don't uh check in on your game in a while but for the most part um i think that would be really neat and then adding in some of those some other aspects to animal crossing like farming and stuff like that would yeah would really refresh the series mm -hmm. i think i think yeah kind of you know, farming or more kind of like in-depth and skills added to you know kind of activities to do i think would be really yeah cool. and i mean you More played RPG you elements. you played like what like 30 hours of stardew or something yeah, like that yeah. you played it a fair amount and it enjoyed your time with it and you like refused to touch animal crossing so <laughs> i yeah. think yeah i mean i really like the the pixel art style too yeah. i feel yeah. like it'd be good to see animal crossing get a shake up on what it looked on like their visuals yeah. it's, it's looked exactly the same since the original there's been no differences really yeah um so i think it'd be cool to see something you know they just kind of had that 3D kind of toy look with the globe, you know. It'd be cool to see maybe a different perspective. Yeah, on Animal Crossing mm -hmm. for sure. But yeah, I, I'd definitely be interested if if that happened. That'd be mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I, I mean, I have to just get out of the way. I'm not gonna talk about it long because it just makes too much sense. But giving F Zero to Shine in uh, uh, the the T yeah Shine Media, the team that did you know Fast Racing Neo came on the Wii U as <laughs> a Switch launch game. The game was literally just like an F Zero like indie six. You know, spiritual successor, right? Um, giving that team full access to F Zero and just really the thing that that game lacked was it didn't have the heart and soul of you know the F Zero characters and yeah. kind of the world and 
you know, just kind of those little tiny polishes and stuff like that. So adding all that in with F-Zero, giving it to that team, just makes sense to be too easy. Hmm. Um, but the real one I'd, I'd love to see is uh, Team Cherry, which is uh, the Hollow Knight devs, um, seeing their take on a Metroid game because, you know, Hollow Knight is already this really awesome Metroidvania game. Um, but seeing a Metroid game in a different art style, like that hand-drawn art style, I think would just look phenomenal. Um, and they really get like the sense of exploration and kind of loneliness like down really well, which is you know already a key yeah, theme in like, Metroid. Hollow Knight is a very dark game, and, yes, and you yeah. feel very isolated, and that yeah. was the focus of the original. Yeah, and you know, and, and a lot of the Metroid games, you know, I think of a lot of the two ones, you know, they're very bright and colorful and they're great, but like I'd love to see them was kind of like a, like a darker, you know hand-drawn take on the metroid universe i think it would mm. kind of refresh it and you know we haven't seen a lot of you know really much kind of the nitty-gritty reboot of metroid not necessarily nitty-gritty but just you know a little more <laughs> the christopher just, nolan a diff, different art style we already had style. the christopher nolan metroid it was called other m yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we haven't so we haven't really had a full 2d metroid since you know the gba um, yeah they had the one on 3ds but you know it was with 3d sprites i'd love to see just that full 2d style mm. embrace um, yeah, that, that'd be really cool to see that. I know they're working on their other, their Hollow Knight sequel right now, and yeah. they're a small team, and I don't know if that would ever happen, but it would be cool. That would be, that would be a new one. Rob, what about you? All right, so I'm thinking Bioware. So a license behind, you know, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. Giving those rights over to Stoic Studio, who's the guys who did Banner Saga. So the thing is, all of those games, so Knights of the Old Republic, Dragon Age, uh, Mass Effect, they all have certain elements, particularly the first Mass Effect, not as much as the later ones, but they all mm -hmm. had certain elements of kind of the turn-based combat to a certain extent. Yeah. And like Dragon Age Inquisition really played with that a lot, and Dragon Age Origins had a lot of that, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic had the turn-based kind of... And so being able to take that squad-based, turn-based... Uh, RPG style yeah. and drop it into the absolutely incredible art style of Stoke Studio yeah, who did the Banner Saga, which is like... Dude, that. I'd love to see Mass Effect in that art style. That'd Dude, be so sweet. <laughs> any of those games. Like, I I would take any of those games. And, like, they do turn-based tactical battle which yeah. with consequences. Like, you could lose yeah. teammates and they're gone forever. Yeah, and you, you have those, the branching story paths and stuff that already, already set up. They're familiar with how to if, make that story if you could only go choose, across multiple if games. If you could only choose one, Rob, like, one of those franchises, which one would you would you give them you know i'm feeling the mass effect mass effect. <laughs> i want to see the first save us from andromeda no i <laughs> want to see mass effect. the first contact war turians and humans Ooh, like a prequel in that you can lose you know like yeah, in yeah. that banner saga style like the art style that's super beautiful like that would just be so cool yeah i would love it that it would, would cool. look great it would play great it would make andromeda look like it was okay <laughs> well, I'd love to see Mass Effect, you know, kind of take on that that different gameplay, right? Where yeah, um, it was more, you know, tactics wise, right? Kind of like some like XCOM mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, I think, I think it would fit really well with that world. So yeah, yeah, that's a good idea too. Um, all right, so Nathan, what what is a what is the big uh, so so my opposite one the <laughs> yeah. uh, the indie um that you'd give to a indie AAA. IP that I would give to a AAA is uh, Yoku's Island Express. Um, I played that uh, over Christmas. I would want to give that to Nintendo EAD, who is basically the developers of the mainline Mario games. Ooh. And I think that just playing... Um, you give anything to them, it'll turn out good. Yeah, exactly. But playing <laughs> playing Yoku's, like, I was 
um, kind of reminded of the bright and cheery atmosphere. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of the Mario games, and they did some really totally. cl- they did some really clever uh, puzzles and things with a pinball, basically two D game that I would have never expected. And I think mm. if you gave it to the Mario makers, they would go absolutely crazy with the concept, and I think it would be really really neat. So well, it'd be cool to see Yo- Yo- Yoku's Island Express kind of in that bigger three D like the open world or not open world, but like what Mario Odyssey like a three D sandbox, yeah, like a three D sandbox that's super cool with all the if anyone knows puzzles how to do those 30 everywhere boxes, puzzles everywhere yeah. throughout the world that you can kind of do as you go through it like that would be cool to see yeah. i feel, I I feel like that's really like a gamecube game that never happened like, yeah <laughs> totally totally it you feels... have to shout into the microphone or something like that <laughs> like when you said that i immediately thought sunshine which was gamecube you know, which is like you know like, maybe uh, maybe uh, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm jason i have, I have nothing to we're say. gonna bring up sunshine like every week now <laughs> We're going to make sure oh, no one man. listens to our show by the end <laughs> exactly. of this year. <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, I, I think that'd be, that'd be a really neat one. That would look really cool. Awesome. Um, for me, I was thinking of, you know, all these different indie games I love, and I'm like, man, I just, you know, I love all these indie games, but, you know, I kind of like the fact that they're being made by the small teams. But I was thinking, like, what's a small team that could totally use the support of a bigger team? And that's Beat Saber, right? This is a small team. I think they have, like, five to ten people on their team, even less than that when they started. Um, they've had a lot of trouble getting like updates out and different stuff you know getting content out quickly they just put a new dlc but it was supposed to come out i think in january and stuff like that um and seeing giving this game to ea so they have all that ea money to like you get know, all the licenses get all the licenses like get you know really good set tracks and stuff like that and then while we're at it guess what else ea owns the star wars license you no longer have to be afraid of Star Wars suing you for using the word saber in your game and then making your lightsabers look different enough and not calling them lightsabers, you can full on embrace the Star Wars side of mm. it. Set set Beat Saber in where you're fighting off, you know, battle droids or stormtroopers. Go full on, put in some Star Wars remixes. Just don't put in the terrible Connect Star Wars remixes. Those are bad. I was gonna say like, <laughs> as long as we're not going Connect Star Wars here, I think we'll be fine. But no, yeah, like, this is like good. hire someone like. Dead Mouse or Daft Punk, you know, to remix mm. Imperial March with electronic music, like stuff like that. I think that would be incredible, and you could just fully embrace, you know, the lightsaberness. You know, have a uh, a level with, uh, you know, from the end of Rogue One where you're Darth Vader, right? <laughs> you know, getting all the rebels, and <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be awesome to see, you know, this Beats already, which is already, you know, biggest VR game in the world, but see it really get bigger in that way. Mm. Yeah, and I think the specifically the money to be able to get, you know basically almost any license in the world would exactly. be so cool because you know that game will just keep living on the more and more sad songs they add to it <laughs> yeah play uh beat saber to uh michael jackson music yeah probably the only one who could uh make that deal right uh well we don't talk about michael jackson anymore we all saw the uh neverland neverland thing <laughs> <laughs> anyways let's move on all right, so my last one, this is going to seem like a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to defend it, and you guys are going to be so on board with this. But when uh-huh. I say it, you're going to be like, what? This doesn't make any sense. They don't do this. But FTL, the original, basically, uh, roguelike, right? Roguelike. One of one of the first really successful ones. To Naughty Dog. I've never played FTL, so I can't comment. Okay, so. But Naughty Dog is, like, known for their, like, very linear, like, story-based, like, cinematic experiences. And why are you thinking this? why. So, here's the thing about FTL. FTL is a super fun roguelike game. You take a ship. You can recruit aliens along the ways. You're resource managing all this stuff. So, it's a lot of elements that are very, you know, roguelike. 
and you're trying to get from one end of the galaxy to the other and there's a final space battle at the end and that sort of thing um you're escaping you know the enemies that are attacking you but with that imagine naughty dog and their storytelling version going to a sci-fi setting and kind of that same mentality of you're recruiting aliens as you go along like almost mass effect but not quite because naughty dog would actually do the storytelling right so it wouldn't be a roguelike <laughs> anymore it would be a you could do it roguelike i feel like naughty Ooh. dog could do a roguelike really well I would love to see Naughty Dog try a different style. Of like genre, this is like honestly. Naughty yeah, Dog so going to. The same I think that's a, I think Jack that's a big thing. Like going to going to that sci-fi world, but mm-hmm. also like that idea of like FTL already has this pretty established like style. Like even the roguelike would be yeah. really cool. And I mean, Dog's we style. haven't really seen a big AAA dev do like a roguelike game, right? Like just, just kind yeah. of seeing what would happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Happened, You're just counting cool. Zombie U, like one of the best games ever, right? No, I'm not counting that. <laughs> that was a, uh, you're dead, come back to life and do it again. You just have to find your random, th- ah, yeah, that, yeah. That is okay. So maybe this is a little bit of a stretch going to Naughty Dog. Like yeah. this is like crossing, you know, continental lines that maybe aren't supposed to be crossed. But I just feel like this is a match that I think could, you know, you give this to Naughty Dog and they could take this and be like, Okay, we could do something really cool I, with this. Like, I would, let's start playing with these elements. Let's start playing with yeah. our cinematic storytelling. Yeah. And already, like Last of Us, resource management all the way through. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then FCL is all about resource yeah. management. Yeah. So, I mean, sense. they already have that mentality of, like, really giving you the bare minimum without actually, like, you know, giving you a strat. Like, I, think, well, it was, I, think, I think this is a match I think you're the only one who would have thought of this combo, right? Yes. So I'll give you that. I think so. I, I, I just want to, I honestly do want to see Naughty Dog do something else because they have done the, you know, they're amazing <laughs> at telling really cool stories and doing great cinematics, but they have done It'll very similar games. Very style far away. Yeah. For yeah. Last of Us <laughs> a very still long is at least a year away. They're probably going to do DLC and stuff for that. Like, yeah. But I just I just feel like if we could give Naughty Dog not just, you know, that, that how could they tell amazing storytelling in a roguelike? I guess so. I don't, I, I, I've sci-fi. never thought of roguelikes <laughs> as like amazing storytelling vehicles. So I think I think this is yeah, a not, new not match normally. that's gonna yeah. happen. That'd be yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. But I I, I, I I just I wanted to think a little outside the box. No, here it's it's very up. outside so the box. Well, outside the box. It'll probably never. It actually really will never happen. But well, while try. we're here thinking outside yes. the box, let's let's think of like you know last year's you know game of the year, right? We gave it our best game of 2018, God of War, right? Um, made by Santa Monica, right? And what like indie game would you want to give to that that studio, like that team, like with with the same director and everything that made you know 2018 God of War? What would be like an awesome indie game or like smaller game that you would love to see that team like give their take on it? What do you guys think? So we talked about this one a little bit on the show a few months ago, and this is the one that you mm-hmm. did an indie for, Wolverblade. Wolverblade. <laughs> so like ancient, like uh, like English, you know, all the different like tribes and stuff going at it. Full on combat with, you know, multiplayer and stuff like that. Seeing that in like the beautiful art style of like in the combat of the God of well, War I think world. There, I think there's a really big advantage here because that Wolverblade, one of the things that it does is it tells history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What does God of War do? It shows you all this North mythology. I think like Celtic, Celtic mythology, like mm-hmm. kind of that. Seeing them flesh out all that lore, like and, that lore. And history, of, there's yeah. one thing we know about God of War is that their lore is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so like that whole combo, I think this is good. I think it would work. 
I mean, see, <laughs> seeing that, that combat system work in like a co-op way too, I think would be that would be really, cool because really then you, like even it if work. it's only like two or four player because that's that's where World War Blade's so great, right? Is when you play with even if it's just like two or four player combat, like one of the things that God of War does really well is that you know lots and lots of enemies that you have to just kind of mow through. Mm-hmm. That you know, and some of them are harder, and some of them are less hard. You know, which is exactly yeah. the same premise as World War Blade, only one's two D, one's three D. Yeah. Well, the combat grows throughout. Nathan, God of War Nathan too. wants to just destroy this. I'm really <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't want to destroy it. I just mine is like not really serious because what I actually want to happen <laughs> is I want Night in the Woods to be given to <laughs> God of War. What? So basically, a game, about yeah. depressed, a game of animals? depressed talking animals who go through the town. Instead, you're just. You know, I dropped out of college. It didn't work out for me. I'm angry. I'm going to go through this whole town, destroy every animal and everyone in my past who hurt no. me and held me back, and <laughs> give me that gameplay. So, like, there is a game. There is a part of that game where you do just stab each other in the woods back and forth and what? see how many people you can stab. Have you, have you not seen that? Yeah, there's a mini game in there where you just go in the no, woods. I have not played like, that. Woods, stab, like, stab. I've not seen like, stabbing. This is exactly. hilariously it's awesome. I think this is a terrible <laughs> idea, but I'm, I'm, I want to yeah, see this. Yeah, I, I think it would be very entertaining oh, yeah. to see. So that's, Here we go. that's I mean, my answer. Rob, you have an idea of about a roguelike behind a big studio. What about one of the best roguelikes that's come out recently? Dead Cells going to Santa Monica. Seeing how amazing like that combat and all the variety and enemies and having to master that in a 3D space. And going through and having the ability to, you know, continually kind of reset and gain different abilities, mm-hmm. find different weapons that totally change each playthrough. Like, you know, if there's one thing I can knock God of War on, like, you really are just using kind of the same kind of combos throughout the game. You do unlock more, but, um, you know, it, it once you kind of get it mastered, you're kind of good to go, right? It doesn't yeah, really... Yeah change up the you know the basic combat flow and so I seeing like that, that differences like dead souls does i think would be awesome i like how we come back to a roguelike going to a triple a studio because yeah. i feel like this, you got me thinking about this it. is this <laughs> is a great idea i was saying like i think dead souls would work really well in that format and and they could add stuff to that as well like with their storytelling and you know I, again like each how do you tell a story with a roguelike i don't know but these are the studios that need to figure this out yeah, well, with Dead Cells, right? Like, every new area is completely different with new yeah, enemies, yeah. new, you know, environments and stuff like that. And just seeing the environments in God of War was, were so stunning. Seeing some of this, yeah. the best yeah. pixel work that we've seen that's been stunning, right? Seeing that translate mm-hmm. to 3D, I think, would just be really neat to see. Um, but yeah, that, that was some fun speculating. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you uh, follow us on Twitter at Halison underscore games. Uh, which one of these pitches uh, are you in for? Um, and uh, you know, let us know who who wins uh, who wins your uh, money for, for the pitch. <laughs> uh, it's definitely Night in the Woods and God of War, guys. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. You can, you no, can just yeah, give yeah. me the award. We're all right feeling now. this dark emo depressed. <laughs> you want to be a cat and destroy Animal. people like Kratos? Apparently, <laughs> I don't know what Nathan dreams about when he's playing games. <laughs> this is what happens when we go off strip off script, guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I think that wraps up our main segment uh, uh, for today. I, I know you guys haven't been playing a bunch this week, so you don't have a ton to talk about. Yeah. But um, I've I've had a great weekend playing video games. Like I just finished like you know a really busy week at work, and I had a bunch of friends over. Um, we've been playing this for about three months, um, and we did a Gears of War three Horde night, where we we're like we're gonna get together, we're gonna do system link to a land party like the good old days, like in college, right? We hooked up three 360s to three TVs in my, my living room, and we played Gears of War, Gears of War Horde Mode starting in Wave 1, all five of us, 
and we did it. We did marathon it, got all the way through to level 50. And it's just an accomplishment that we all have like under our belts now. And like, even though it was very frustrating at parts, like we got stuck at wave 40 and wave 49 and wave 50 for like an hour each. Like we, by the time we beat it, we just felt so good. And it was, it was all. How, how long did it take you to go through all 50 waves? Like it was about six hours. About six wow. hours. That is, that is some dedication. I feel like this is the dedication <laughs> that the things of legends oh yeah no yeah like like i said we're all together we, we've been planning this and looking forward to it for forever and we got to the point where we got to wave 39 we were stuck on it for a really long time and we were getting like ah, maybe we're gonna start to call it and we beat it and we're like okay we can't stop now we gotta go on <laughs> we gotta 50. keep going um but yeah no the the final wave we we had to fight two berserkers which if you mm -hmm. remember like you can only damage with the hammer of dawn Mm -hmm. But you don't get the hammer on in horde mode, so you have to get a flame scorcher, and you have to flame them, and then they kind of get stunned, then you have to shoot them. And you basically have to keep that loop going on for, like, a full-on, like, five to ten minutes before they die. And there's two at the same time. And so we, when we finally beat that, it was just, like, this big, like, like breath of relief. And we just also were like, we, we actually did it. We did, we did it. it. And, what, and there's literally, like, an achievement you get in-game that's, you know, do it all in one sitting, one through fifty. Wow! Um, so that was awesome. Definitely, definitely got us all excited for you know Gears Five when that comes out. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to try to track down a couple of Xbox Ones and do this again later in the year when when Gears Five comes out. They haven't said what the horde mode in that one is, but I assume it'll be great because Gears Three is still great, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, which I know, I know. You know, back in college, we all played Gears Three Horde mode like all the oh, time. Yeah. Like that all was the time. That was like the mode, and it was it was so fun doing that. So it just you know, felt like we're back in the the golden days. <laughs> the right? golden days. I mean, that's my confession. I actually have played Gears of War Horde mode more than Gears. I actually haven't played the through. I haven't played the campaign of Gears of War Three. I've just played <laughs> Horde mode. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I I don't blame you for that at all. That, that that's where it's it at. It's worth it. Um, but other than that, I did have two games that I uh, did start this week uh, for the first time, and I'm very excited to talk about both of them. Uh, first one is Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is, you know, it's been, you know, kind of given the title by most Castlevania fans as, you know, the best Castlevania game of all time. Yeah. This was, you know, the PS1 classic, and this was the first Castlevania uh, that really embraced the Metroidvania, you know, where you're in one giant, you know, castle, and you can explore and unlike different paths have to come back later and really give that metroid kind of gameplay not just straight up levels with the boss at each end of end of each level um so put the vania in metroidvania exactly <laughs> well it put the metroid in castlevania i think is what you mean it, no no I, I like the first one <laughs> can we get nathan back <laughs> sorry go ahead Jeff. but i the the my favorite Castlevania game is, you know, Don of Sorrow on the DS, and that was very heavily inspired from this, and I see yeah. so much of that now. But even, like, playing this today in, like, 2019, this game came out, I think, 1998, like, 20 years ago. Um, just some of the pixel art and, like, the backgrounds and just the art style in this game is just still so, like, amazing and stunning and holds up so well today to, like, you know, you think of the beautiful pixel art games of today, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, it holds up and looks so... So incredible today, and like yeah. the, I played it on PS4, so they like kind of remastered them and stuff, so it looks really, really nice. Really good. Um, but it still is, you know, pretty much the same the original game, same original effects, and the the music is phenomenal. It's probably the best Castlevania music, and I've played almost all of them. Uh, so I'm just really, really enjoying my time with this. I 
I'm about two and a half hours in so far, and I just don't want to put it down. So, <laughs> um, and also the the collection includes Rondo of Blood, which is another. It was a Castlevania game right before sequel, this. Right? Oh, yeah. it was before it. Yeah, okay. it was it was like a PC only. Um, oh. And so that's kind of a cool re-release that not a lot of people got to play in that form. Mm-hmm. I think they ported it. It's called Castlevania X on Super Nintendo and Genesis, but it wasn't as good and stuff. So, haven't haven't touched that one yet, but um, really excited to keep playing these. It's I think it's still $10 on the uh, PSN. So if you're this interested, you can check it out. Um, cool. But guys, I started the final season of Walking Dead. Like, Telltale. Ooh. Like, Ooh. I tweet out, I wasn't emotionally, like, ready and prepared to do this. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, I have to do it. Like, it's finally done. I, w- I want to get get through it. The last episode I don't want out, it to get spoiled for me, yeah. like, since it just came out and stuff like that. Um, I will say it is a shame because I'm only about an hour and a half in. To the first episode? To the first one. It is okay. a shame to see because I haven't run into any bugs or usual telltale jank. And it's very, very <laughs> polished. And the cam- they do some different things with the gameplay and the camera that, like, just, oh, this is kind of a natural evolution of what they've done before. And it doesn't feel like the same exact thing as the first season anymore. And I'm just like, this is great. The Telltale's starting to evolve. And I'm like, oh, wait. They're, they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. We're not going to see any more things like this. Yeah. Which makes me a little sad and I die a little bit inside as sure, I'm playing yeah. going, this is kind of the end of the this last is, adventure this game. Is like, this is know, the, the last final. hurrah. Because yeah. it's very much still, you know, you're still walking around environments, picking up objects, you know, examining things like the old LucasArts games like we've talked about, right? Well, and the thing for you, like, with this is that the first two episodes are Telltale. And yeah. then the last two are... Are with Skybound games. Are Skybound. Yeah. So you, these first two episodes of the season are literally the last mark on this game world that Telltale has left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do a really cool thing at the beginning where it kind of recaps um, in this cool cutscene of every kind of major decision you've made on the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, which I assume if you haven't done it, it kind of lets you choose, you choose which one, right? But it even like hits like all these same musical cues and Clementine's narrating the whole thing, you know, from now being kind of like a, you know, a teenager on her own. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like hits you right at the beginning. You're like, oh my goodness, like this is the end of Clementine's story, which, you know, you've become so invested in. And I, I'm really excited to see she's pretty much like almost an adult, pretty much an adult now. I have, have it had, having to act like an adult and is taking care of a kid and um, the kid you're taking care of, like, you know, the little bubble in the top says, you know, AJ is always listening to what you say. And it's like, Oh no, everything AJ I say, will remember that. Yeah. Everything you say and do is molding this, this kid into the person he's going to be for the rest of his life. This like, is like full circle. Yeah. It's totally full circle. You're, wow. you're Lee now and you're taking care of this kid. And like, even one of the first option, uh, kind of things I noticed was, uh, we ran into some bad luck and he let out uh, a bad four letter word and I had the option to also say the four letter word or to say dude like don't swear <laughs> and after I did that he's like oh yeah I meant like I meant like shoot right and then like 15 minutes later we got into a bad situation and he's like shoot <laughs> I'm like hey like I, I taught him to be good and not to swear <laughs> unnecessarily right and so it's already kind of cool seeing those little tiny things of like I'm like there's yeah. so many little decisions of how I'm molding him to, yeah. uh, how I want him to be, and everything I've learned of you know from playing these games. So mm. really excited to see where it goes. Story has me uh, really uh, captured right now, and I'm hopefully gonna report uh, next episode, done with it, and give kind of my my final impressions. But cool. So far, awesome. so good. I'm I'm really really enjoying what I'm I'm seeing. Glad glad to hear it. Yeah. 
Um, so, did you guys want to talk about any games you play? I know you guys have both um, been busy uh, recording this a little earlier than yeah, normal. Yeah. yeah, we're recording this a week early, so Rob yeah. didn't have as much chance. I'm to... a poser. I actually don't play video games. Jason, get yeah. off of our show. <laughs> Go get Nathan. <laughs> we want him back. Um, we want Nathan Schreier back. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, uh... Wow. Um... <laughs> I have, the one thing I will say is that while this isn't a game that I have played this last week, one of the w- games that I'm planning on playing this next week or so is um, uh, playing... Did you say uh, Assassin's Creed, you're also getting kicked off the show. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, Endless Space. What is that? So it's a 4X game, sci-fi game on Steam. I got it for free a few weeks ago. And... I'm really, so in other words, a classic Rob game. It's really great. Yeah, I'm really excited. But I, I was playing a tabletop board game that's a 4X sci-fi type game, and it kind of made me. It kind of inspired me. I'm like, I really want to go play this I need game to go now. Play this game. So yeah. that's awesome. That's what I'm gonna do. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I will report back next next show, and uh, I promise I'll play something next time to talk about. <laughs> You're not secretly playing an early copy of Cadence of Hyrule. No. If, if I was secretly playing a copy of anything, it would be my time at Portia, but I'm sadly not. I'm so excited for that game. Isn't it just like a farming, like Harvest Moon? or like? What? Yeah, so, so, okay. so, so I was looking excited. at someone who has an early copy and is playing it, and they're like, this game is basically the best of Story of Seasons and Animal Crossing mixed together, which are two fantastic game franchises. Story of Seasons is basically what Harvest Moon used to be before they, okay. the, the developers split and stuff like that. So I'm just very excited for that game. That I mean, is like my most anticipated game of the year. Currently. Literally, he, <laughs> oh wants, yeah. he wants Animal Crossing to be done by Stardew Valley developer. Yes. So, I mean... Yeah, I, mean, I guess uh, that makes yeah. sense. It, yeah. This makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, for everyone, for listening to this week's show. We hope you guys had a good spring break and uh, you're playing lots of fun games. It's, it's kind of fun this... This springtime is like a time where a bunch of games are kind of coming out out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and we're getting lots of fun game announcements. And um, I think we're gonna have another really solid year for gaming, which it will be exciting. So yeah. um, we will leave you with the King's Court um, song from the Cuphead official soundtrack. I found that excuse to play more Cuphead. Wow! Show, so you guys are welcome. There you go. Cool. All right, we'll enjoy. We will catch you guys next time. Take it easy. See ya. All right, see ya.